0: Previously on Camp Dino, Zeta was getting tired of taking care of her rambunctious Triceratops triplets and offered to trade dinosaurs with Bo. Bo said he'd think about it. After their first swim at the oasis, they headed to their meditation class with Dr. Skye up in the nest. Bo is terrified of heights, so he had a panic attack and fell from the nest. But before he could hit the ground, he was caught by a huge Pteranodon. It turns out the Pteranodon is Gavin's dinosaur, and her name is Echo. And now for episode 7 Trade Off. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Camp Dino. It had been a couple of nights since Bo had fallen from the nest, and things at camp hadn't exactly gotten much easier. Buck was still chewing on everything in sight when he wasn't playing Mother Hen to the triplets. During the night, Bo had almost rolled out of his treepy in his sleep, and they hadn't seen Gavin's pteranodon echo once since she'd swooped in and saved Bo's life, which was a huge bummer because Bo really wanted a chance to examine the huge dinosaur up close. Gavin couldn't have cared less. He was perfectly content slouching around and napping through classes that Zeta had talked him into attending. When he was awake and alert, he was busy carving things out of wood or mumbling how lame the class was under his breath. Meanwhile, Zeta was still struggling with her rapidly growing triplets. They seemed to double in size every couple of days and barely fit in her backpack now. It was becoming nearly impossible to keep them together when Zeta let them run around. And if it weren't for Buck, she probably would have lost them by now. She kept reminding Bo about her offer to trade dinosaurs, and Bo was seriously considering it. He was thinking about it so much, in fact, that he hardly touched his dinner the night of the camp talent show. He kept poking at his food as if he were checking to see if it were alive. Hello, Dynomites! Pa shouted from the galley stage in front of the tables. Hello, mon Pa, the other kids shouted back. Chatter hushed and silverware clanked against plates as everyone set down their food. Bo hadn't even started on his python pizza roll that was oozing with melted cheese and pepperoni. Buck kept nipping at it from under the table and finally caught the end of it and dragged it off the plate. Bugs and frogs glowed in the dark, mimicking the flickering light from tiki torches that formed a path into the galley. Inside, several torches had been placed in sconces around the metal walls, giving the shipwrecked cafeteria a warm glow. Zeta kept taking everyone's leftovers and tossing them to her triplets to keep them from running off in different directions. It didn't help that Gavin was flinging leftover food against the wall with his fork, Every time a forkful splattered against the wall, Shoot would try to run after it. "'Can you stop that, please?' Zeta said. Gavin just stared at her as he slowly flung another ball of food. Above them, Kirby was perched high up in the open navigation room, where he aimed the ship's searchlight down at Mon and, and stage. "'Tonight is a very special night,' Pa announced." His green suspenders and bow tie practically glowed under the spotlight. It is time for the Camp Dino Talent Show. The kids cheered and the dinosaurs roared in response. Now, nah, now, nah, all right. Many of you have signed up to display a talent with the help of your dino friends. And I, for one, cannot wait for what's on the program. Ma took the microphone. Tonight will be your first chance to show us the progress you've made in creating a bond with your dinosaur. Her purple dress sparkled as she paced the stage. This is one of my favorite traditions at Camp Dino, and it all started thanks to Joe, who sang to us one evening years ago, only to have half the dinosaurs in the galley howling along with her. We've made it a tradition here ever since, so thank you, Joe." for starting this and for the wonderful Python pizza rolls. Let's hear it for Joe, Dr. Rex cheered from his seat. The room filled with claps and whistles, and Sloppy Joe bowed as if she'd just finished a performance. Pa motioned to his dazzling wife as the cheers died down. Ma and I will kick off the event with our own musical number, followed by a song from Joe. Ma and Pa proceeded to sing a really catchy harmonized version of Old MacDonald Had a Farm, but changed the words to include Camp Dino and different dinosaur names. When they named a certain dinosaur, they trained a few of the older dinos in the audience to roar on cue. Next, Sloppy Joe walked out on the stage, dressed as a Triceratops, and sang an operatic song that made nearly all of the dinosaurs roar and growl irritably. Joe took their noise as an encore, however, and performed three more songs before Ma had to politely usher her off the stage. A boy played fetch with his stegosaurus, and a girl had her brachiosaurus lift her up with its head so that she could parade wave to everyone. Another boy tossed up a hula hoop into the air so that his pterodactyl could fly through it which was much cooler than the girl that danced around her parasaural office that just sat there and did nothing. Kirby took a turn and was clearly going for the crowd-pleasing award as he used a Spinosaurus' fin to launch treats into the crowd. The dinosaur finally got annoyed and chased him off the stage. Then Dr. Rex juggled fiery torches blindfolded and had kids make their dinosaurs roar so that he could guess their species by their sound. Pachycephalosaurus! Gallimimus! Ankylosaurus! No surprise, he got them all right. Dr. Lovekin told dinosaur jokes that no one could understand, and laughed to himself after every incomprehensible punchline. did a rapper say to the cat why does looks so new! Everyone blinked at him while Ma and Pa gave him courtesy laughs. At one point, Bo tried to convince Gavin to call for Echo so he could fly around the galley. Come on, it'd be awesome. Just shout Echo, have her swoop in through the door, jump off the stage onto her back, and then throw candy down onto us while you glide in circles. Throw candy onto us? Zeta looked at him. "Mm, I thought it'd be a nice touch. No, Gavin said, carving his initials into the table. Please? Bo was desperate. Echo is way different from all the other dinosaurs here. She's not even a dinosaur, she's a flying reptile from the pterosaur family. You don't even have to worry about her biting people. Her beak is toothless. Just shout her name, please, come on. It doesn't work like that, Gavin said. Well, it did the other day. I know Bo, Zeta jumped in, faking enthusiasm. How about you climb up there next to Kirby, have him push you off, and I'll shout Echo and we can see if she catches you again. Bo looked at her blankly. How about not? How about you show off the power of Toots Toots? He'd literally blow everyone away. Zeta nodded and looked down at the cute brown Triceratops. It is pretty impressive. But Zeta ultimately refused to indulge them. Towards the end of the program, the girl that had her dinosaur balance a plate of food on its nose left the plate on stage and Buck bolted for it. No Buck, stay here! Bo tried to stop him but the T-Rex easily pulled away and hopped up onto the stage. When Bo ran up after him and found himself in the spotlight, he heard Pa announce, Bo and his T-Rex Buck. Everyone but Ash and his carnivores clapped. No, no, no. I'm not. This isn't. Bo waved everyone off while trying to pull the plate of food out of Buck's teeth. After an awkward game of tug of war, Buck finally let go and Bo fell back, making the plate of food splatter in his face. The kids laughed as if this was all part of the act. This isn't, Bo started to say, but he was interrupted by Buck's huge tongue that was now licking the food off his face. (coughs) Oh, oh, sick, my mouth was open. The kids laughed even harder. Bo pushed Buck away and the T-Rex spun around, whacking Bo upside the head with his tail and making him fall flat on his face. The room erupted. Even the counselors were laughing hysterically. Bo got to his feet. This seriously isn't part of the show. (laughs) Playing to the crowd, Buck suddenly pounced on him and took the hat off his head. Hey, give me that. Give it to me. Get over here. Bo tripped over himself as he chased Buck around the stage. The galley filled with laughter. Zeta almost fell off her chair she was laughing so hard, and even Gavin couldn't help but chuckle. Finally, Bo caught hold of his hat and Buck literally dragged him off stage. Everyone in the audience jumped to their feet and cheered. By the end of the night, Bo had won the Audience Choice Award for his and Buck's impromptu antics. Kirby came up to congratulate him afterward. Dang, kid, who knew you were so funny? I'm not, Bo said seriously. That's how it is every minute of my life now. Kirby pointed his thumb at him and looked at Zeta and Gavin. (laughs) He's hilarious. Yes, he is, Zeta said, giving Bo a pat on the back. She looked Kirby over. You look like you're getting around better. Kirby got a little uncomfortable as he rubbed his ribs. Yeah, uh, you heard that I had an accident? We saw you limping through the jungle with Boom the other day, Bo said. Looked like you'd gotten back from battle or something. Kirby was nodding and the kids could tell they'd caught him off guard. Ah, you did, did ya? Well, there's nothing to worry about, just took a spill on my bike. It's pretty bumpy out there, and if you hit those trails too fast, they'll get ya. Guess I got a little carried away. But that fixed me up good, so I'm feeling much better. Zeta raised an eyebrow at him. Hmm, that's interesting because Dr. Rex said that an ankylosaurus hit you with its ball tail. There was a long silence. Zeta tapped her toes. She waited for an explanation. Did he? Kirby finally said. Uh, well, I did. "'But that was the day before. "'He probably just got the two accidents mixed up. "'Pretty rough week, huh?' "'I'd say,' Zeta said, glaring at him. "'Kirby nodded to Gavin, who was looking away "'and showing zero interest in the conversation. "'Good to see you participating, Gavin. "'And look, you got friends!' "'He gestured to Bo and Zeta. "'Not friends.' "'Gavin shook his head without making eye contact.' Bo glanced at him. Not friends? That kind of stung. He wasn't always the best at picking up on social cues, but he was pretty sure everything they'd been through so far would qualify them as friends. Ouch, Zeta said, looking Gavin up and down. Guess we won't be making friend bracelets anytime soon. (laughs) She humped and turned back to Kirby. Kirby was looking at Gavin, smiling and shaking his head slightly. You know, maybe one of these days I can take you guys out on the jeep after lunch. There are some really cool caves on the other side of the hills I can take you to. I know you're not normally allowed beyond the gates, but if you have a counselor with you, it's okay. I can double-check with Paul, but I'm sure he won't mind. Sure, Bo said. Gavin didn't answer. Okay, well, I'll see you guys around. Kirby gave Gavin one last look before turning to leave. What was that all about? Zeta asked Gavin once Kirby had left. You don't consider us friends? Gavin rolled his eyes. Whatever. Zeta raised an eyebrow at him. <laughs> Whatever? What. EVER? Is there beef between you and Kirby or something? Bo asked, watching Kirby's motorcycle ride right away into the night. Did you guys get into a fight or something? No, Gavin said. It just bugs me, always pushing me to participate. Acts like he gets me. He doesn't. No one does. (laughs) Well, if you go around saying people aren't your friends, then no one ever will. Zeta put her hands on her hips. I'm going to bed. Good night. Good night. Night. I was talking to Bo, Zeta clarified with raised eyebrows before turning and stomping off towards the red sleep tree. Bo and Gavin didn't say much on their way back to their sleep tree. They just rose up the trunk, passed the blue lanterns to their treepies, and went to bed. The next day at breakfast, Bo and Zeta didn't see Gavin anywhere. Good, Zeta said between mouthfuls. He doesn't want to be friends anyway. That's not what he meant, Bo tried to tell her. Are you serious? That's literally what he said. He said, not friends. That means we aren't friends. Bo tried to tell her that it was possible Gavin just hadn't had a lot of friends in the past. But Zeta wasn't having it. She went on about it all the way to the arena where they were to have a joint class by Dr. Rex and Dr. Bronson. Again, when they arrived, Gavin was nowhere to be seen, not even in the stands, As Bo and Zeta walked down the steps, they found the rest of the class standing in a circle in the middle of the stage. They were watching Dr. Rex and Dr. Bronson arm-wrestling. Both knelt across from each other, with their arms pushing back and forth over a wooden box. Their biceps bulged, and their faces were red from exertion. Helga Bronson huffed and puffed as she slowly brought Dr. Rex's buff arm down and touched it to the table. (sighs) The kids cheered. Well done, Helga, Dr. Rex said, smiling and shaking off his hand. Whew, one of these days I'll get you. I don't think so, Helga said with a playful smile. The smile faded as she noticed how close the kids were standing. Back to formation! Like cockroaches, the kids scurried into perfect lines. Helga paced in front of them. Today we will practice taking your dinosaurs through the course of tears. Dr. Rex stood by with his hands behind his back, smiling. A curly-haired boy in the front row raised his hand. Yes, Helga said, considering him with annoyance. Why do they call it the course of tears? Helga bent down until her intense bony face was inches away from the boy. "'because the course will make you cry like babies!' "'The boy jumped, and Helga suppressed a satisfied smirk. "'I want you to remember what you learned during our last classes, hmm? "'You will need to direct your dinosaur along a path in order to complete the course. "'Dr. Rex will make sure none of you die during this practice!' The kids exchanged wide-eyed glances. "'It's an honor to be here to help, Helga,' Dr. Rex said with enthusiasm. "'The kids are lucky to have you teaching them.' "'Thank you, Dr. Rex!' Helga's shell armor shook as she yelled. "'Isn't she the best? No one can train them like Helga. She can tame any dinosaur you throw at her!' Bo and Zeta looked sideways at each other. They didn't know any better. they think Dr. Rex had a thing for the gladiator woman. He practically glowed in her presence. Helga has the build of a carnivore, but the heart of an herbivore. Thank you, Dr. Rex! Helga gave him a look that said, Can it or else? Then Dr. Rex finally composed himself. Helga turned back to the class. You will be able to direct your dinos without the walking stick soon enough but we will be using them today just in case. Each of you come to the front and take a stick Then meet us on the other side of that gate. Hmm? The class did as she said, each taking a stick and guiding their dinosaurs to the other side of a tall wooden gate. There was excited chatter as the kids reached the other side. It's an obstacle course, Zeta beamed. Bo swallowed, His panicked eyes scanned over the course that spanned from the outside of the arena deep into the jungle. There were tangles of nets, rope bridges, platforms that swayed from ropes, pits of snakes, scattered steps that crossed a roaring section of the chute, a cave full of whooping monkeys, and who knows what else. Vivalduzakos, two at a time! Helga shouted over the excitement. You know, she built this course with her own two hands. Dr. Rex wiggled his fingers at the kids. There are traps in there that'll make your hair stand on end. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Rex! She looked at him as if he were her toddler shouting inappropriate things in a public space. Anything I can do, Elga, Dr. Rex grinned. Just stand over there and await my command, Yeah. Whistling to himself, Dr. Rex happily hopped over to the first obstacle in the course. Now, I want everyone to make two lines in front of me. The kids did as she said. Bo and Zeta lined up with their dinosaurs towards the back. Remember to guide them with the stick. You may now rub the top of your dino's head with the stick to ready them to follow. The kids all turned and rubbed their walking sticks on the tops of their little dinosaur's heads. Buck just growled and tried to bite the stick out of Bo's hand. No, I'm trying to Helga raised her own walking stick in the air. Ready? Ja! Yeah! She brought her stick down and the first two kids ran towards the first obstacle, dragging their walking sticks and making their dinosaurs follow their trail. The kids struggled to get their little dinosaurs to follow them up the wide rope ladder onto the first platform. One kid circled a tree with his dinosaur a few times before he finally got it to start climbing. Next to ready, yeah! The next two kids guided their dinos to the rope ladder. Two by two, the kids waited for Helga to bring her stick down and shout "ya" yeah! before leading their dinosaurs into the treacherous course. Dr. Rex ran along the outsides of the obstacles coaching the kids and dinosaurs along, clapping and shouting words of encouragement. Zeta couldn't wait for her turn. She was practically bouncing up and down with excitement. Bo was trying to think of ways to get out of doing it. Maybe if he had Buck bite his hand, they'd send him to Dot to get checked out. He was debating whether it'd be worth losing a hand to skip the drill, but it was too late to try it. He and Zeta were next in line. Dr. Helga Bronson loomed over them like a warrior about to deal a fatal blow. Yah! She shouted as she slammed her stick down. Zeta was off with her triplets that growled from her backpack. She easily ran up the rope ladder and hopped up onto the first platform. Way behind her, Bo carefully dragged his stick along the ground, and Buck eagerly followed. <laughs> <laughs> Bo had a much harder time than his T-Rex getting up the rope ladder, and by the time they were both on the platform, Buck was practically leading him to the next obstacle. (laughs) Buck bit onto a rope swing and Bo held onto him as they swung across to the next platform, skimming over a pit full of hissing green pythons. Bo didn't even open his eyes until they'd slowed and he felt Buck let go first. The next obstacle was a pathway, periodically blocked by criss-crossing balls of fire that swung in and out of view like terrifying meatballs from the inferno. Bo imagined himself being smashed by one of them and running through the jungle on fire. Not gonna happen, he thought. He was just turning around to give up, but Buck yanked him down the path. <laughs> Buck pulled him past the first swinging ball of fire and abruptly stopped before the second buck waited till the next ball passed, then charged forward again, making Bo flail along behind him, screaming and almost tripping over the dinosaur. (laughs) He coughed as thick trails of smoke whizzed by. The heat from the passing fire nearly singed his eyebrows. With a roar, Buck pushed by two more fireballs until they'd reached the end and the last fireball missed Bo's back by inches. Yikes! While Bo patted out the little flame on his backside, Buck was already eyeing the next obstacle and wagging his tail. <laughs> woo Bo looked up and saw Zeta whooping and hollering as she swung easily through the seventh obstacle, her ninja warrior skills being put to good use. "'Show off!' Bo mumbled. He slowly looked down at the next obstacle in horror. It was a path full of spider webs, and crawling along them were impossibly big spiders. "'Goliath Birdie to spiders!' Dr. Rex shouted excitedly, running up to check on Bo and Buck's progress. "'Hi there, Buck!' (laughs) Buck snapped at him as usual. "'Theraphosa blondi,' Dr. Rex continued. "'Goliath bird eater spiders are the kings of spiders. "'They are a species of tarantula and the largest arachnids on planet Earth. "'They don't usually eat birds, but they can. "'They usually prefer frogs and mice. "'Would you look at those legs?' Aren't they butes? They could get up to a foot long! His voice slowly faded away as Bo stared at the huge, hairy spiders crawling along the webs that stretched between tree trunks. The only thing that came close to Bo's hatred of heights was his hatred of spiders. And these spiders looked big enough to wrap around his head. Their venom, Dr. Rex's voice cut in, isn't lethal, but those fangs are two and a half inches long. About the size of a cheetah claw, so don't get too close. He leaned in. Don't worry, Bo, I'll help you out. If you keep your distance, and be careful not to let yourself or Buck touch the webs, you'll be just fine. They have terrible eyesight. Yeah, well, I have excellent eyesight, and I'm not liking what I'm seeing. Bo was starting to hyperventilate. Calm down, Bo. Listen, most dinosaurs are scared of big spiders, but not Buck here. The T-Rex is one of the few dinos that aren't bothered by him. So you're in luck. Just let old Buck here guide you along, all right? Bo let out a long, nervous breath. (sighs) Okay, go for it, Buck. But just keep it slow. Slow, 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 slow! (laughs) He pulled on Buck's leash, and the running T-Rex slowed his approach. Together, they carefully inched around a gap of web, just feet away from a drooling spider. Buck found an opening in the web between the next two trees and pulled Bo through it. Bo ducked under the two fighting spiders that practically brushed by his hat. Bo noticed a few extra holes in the next web, and there were a few dead spiders scattered about, likely from other kids that couldn't squeeze through. That's it, Dr. Rex encouraged. Shhh, Bo waved him away. Oh, sorry, mate, Dr. Rex whispered. Buck carefully weaved between openings in the spider webs, and occasionally pausing when a curious bird-eater scurried over to the gap and stretched out its dis disgustingly long legs to feel for something. After a few terrifying minutes, they finally reached the last web. The gap in this one was a narrow slit along the bottom. Bo and Buck would have to crawl through it. Wasting no time, Buck squatted down and shuffled his legs, slowly ducking under the opening. It was Bo's turn. Holding on to his hat, he crawled under the web on his stomach. The huge spider above him had sensed the vibrations and was crawling excitedly down the web. Bo pulled his back through. The spider came to a stop at the bottom of the web and reached a hairy leg down towards him. Bo only had his shoes left to pull through. They were skidding through the dirt under the web. The spider's leg stretched and stretched until it touched the back of Bo's shoe. Bo froze. He felt weight drop down onto his foot. And that weight wasn't sitting still. It was scurrying up his leg. The terrifying tickling sensation was making its way up his back. It's on me, Bo yelled. Then he heard the pit-pat-pit-pat of running feet and chomp. The weight was suddenly gone. Bo slowly rolled over to find Buck, chewing on the giant spider. With one last gaping bite, the spider's long hairy legs disappeared behind Buck's teeth. The T-Rex roared triumphantly. boy, Buck! Dr. Rex said, running over too late to do any good. So are you just here for commentary, or do you actually help people when they're in trouble? Sorry about that, Dr. Rex said, fixing his perfect hair. Tripped on a route back there. Yeah, yeah, of course you did. Bo stood up and brushed off his pants. Then he let Buck lead the way forward. With Buck by his side, Bo had a tad more confidence going into the next obstacle, the wobbly steps over the chute. From there, they stumbled through a section of jungle with fake dinosaurs that dropped out of the trees and were meant to spook the dinosaurs. Buck handled them like a champ, biting their foam heads clean off or ripping them off their ropes completely and throttling them into the nearby ferns. Shortly after that, they had to run up a hill of loose, mossy logs that rolled under their feet. Then they slid down a mudslide into a shallow swamp. The cave full of monkeys was especially annoying, only because it was too dark to see anything, and the monkeys, led by none other than Tuku, kept pulling your hair and poking you at every turn. (laughs) (laughs) Bo came out screaming with a bat flapping on the brim of his hat. By the end of the course of tears... Bo emerged from the jungle, covered in mud, feathers, leaves, and parrot droppings, and he was way too exhausted to address the little yellow python that was coiled around his leg. He collapsed before the rest of the class, who didn't look much better. Per Helga's instructions, they forced a clap at his arrival. The obstacle course had lived up to its name. From what Bo could tell, most everyone had tears streaming down their face, and their dinos moaned and growled by their sides. Buck was the only dinosaur in good spirits. He just wagged his tail, his tongue hanging out over his fangs. He growled happily when he saw Zeta's triplets. He rushed over and licked their pudgy faces. They looked happy to see him, too. We're alive. Bo said, crawling over to Zeta. Zeta was the only human in the group that looked completely unscathed by the course. She stood there, arms folded, bouncing her foot. Up close, Bo could see that she too had tears, but they were angry tears. "'What's wrong?' Bo asked weakly. Zeta shook her head. "'They're making me do it over again.' "'What? Why?' They said I cheated! They said I can't have my dinosaurs in my backpack while I do the obstacles! Bo looked down at Scoot, Toot, and Shoot, who were now playing hide-and-seek with Buck around Zeta's backpack. They looked as though they'd probably taken a nice long nap while Zeta did all of the work. "'I passed like half the class on the course, too!' Zeta went on. "'There's no way I can go through all that with them out of the bag! There's no way!' How am I supposed to handle three of them without carrying them through everything? Beau shrugged. Mm, maybe Dr. Rex will have some good pointers. <sighs> Please. Like what? Tell me the eating habits of Goliath bird-eating spiders? Beau nodded thoughtfully. Yeah, probably. Zeta shook her head. So unfair. No one else here has three dinosaurs. She made her point loudly by glaring over the rest of the class. Ash was the only one that didn't look sorry for her. "'Suck it up,' he said cruelly. "'If you sit around crying long enough, you'll have to do it in the dark. "'Then you'll really have something to cry about.' "'As annoying as Ash was, he was right. "'Zeta better get a move on it before the sunset. "'Maybe you just weren't cut out to handle three triceratopses,' Ash added, "'stroking his hissing velociraptor that kept biting at the dinosaurs around it.' Buck lowered his big red head and growled at them. Ash glared at the T Rex and took a step back. He's right, Zeta said quietly. Yeah, you should probably get going, Bo agreed. No, he's right about the triplets. I'm not cut out to take care of them. That's not true. Ash doesn't know what he's talking about. It's easy to talk smack when you're only taking care of one little dinosaur. Forget him! You can do it. I saw you back there swinging around like Tarzan. I almost barfed just watching you flip around back there. If anybody can go through the course again, it's you. Zeta, your boyfriend giving you a good pep talk? Ash called out. Some of the kids laughed. Are you sure we can't sick buck on him again? Zeta whispered. Bo chuckled. Not unless we have to. Well, Zeta hooked each triceratops up to a leash. Let's get this over with. After giving her sympathetic looks and a few words of encouragement, the rest of the class went to dinner while Zeta redid the course. Bo and Buck sat patiently waiting for her at the end of the last obstacle. Buck sat surprisingly still and stared into the darkening jungle, whining and purring. Bo put an arm around Buck's scaly back. You're a good dino, Buck. I probably should tell you that more. If it weren't for you, I'd be on fire and have a giant spider clinging to my face. Buck nudged him tenderly with his nose. Bo looked into his yellow eyes. I want to be straight with you, Buck. Zeta wants to trade dinosaurs. And I'm seriously thinking about it. I just I just think you two might be a better fit. I feel like I'm holding you back. Buck whined and brushed his head against Bo's shoulder. As they sat there, snuggled up close, Bo felt a flurry of emotions swirling through him. An hour later, just as the sun began to sink below the trees and the frogs and insects were starting to glow, Zeta stepped out of the jungle, dragging shoot, toot, and scoot behind her. They looked exhausted. Dr. Helga Bronson and Dr. Rex were walking up behind them. "'Good work, Zeta,' Dr. Rex told her." Way to hang in there. (sighs) We have much work to do, Helga added, letting out a long sigh. But we will get there. Now, go get some dinner before Joe closes the galley. Zeta didn't say a word as the counselors turned and headed back into camp. Bo struggled to his feet and walked over to her. Buck ran over and licked the triplets who were noticeably tired and scuffed up. Are you okay? Bo asked. Zeta shook her head. I'm done. What do you mean you're done? I can't do this. I can't take care of these things. I-, I won't. It was getting dark, but Bo could see there were tears in Zeta's eyes. She looked at Bo. Please, Trade. Bo swallowed and looked down at Buck, who was rolling around with Scoot Toot and Shoot. Merely hours ago, after Buck had humiliated him in front of the whole camp at the talent show, he might have done the trade right then and there. And he knew there'd be plenty more moments where he'd feel that way in the future. He glanced down at Buck's innocent face. Could he really back out now? Especially after everything Buck had done for him? Zeta, I... I, This is your favorite dinosaur, right? Don't you love the Triceratops? "'I do, but... "'Well, now's your chance. "'They're yours. "'Take them. "'She held out the three leashes. <sniffs> "'Buck looked at Bo with his big, bambi eyes, "'his tongue hanging out of the side of his mouth. "'I... "'I can't,' Bo finally said. "'No matter how much he drives me absolutely insane, "'we have a bond. "'After everything Buck's done for me, I, "'I, I can't turn my back on him.' Now you're getting all sentimental on me? Zeta put her hands on her hips. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. (sighs) Zeta sighed. She looked at the ground. I don't blame you. Buck's as cool as it gets. I wouldn't trade him either. Zeta, the triplets are awesome too. We just need to practice with them. They're still super young. I bet once we get them trained up, it won't be so bad. Once we get them trained up, Zeta looked up at him. Well, yeah, I mean, we could practice together. Buck has absolutely no fear, which is perfect for something as bonkers as the course of tears. But he still yanks me around like a ragdoll. We aren't in sync yet. How about we take our dinos out tomorrow and practice with them? Zeta finally smiled. I'd like that. Slowly and painfully they headed back into camp to get a bite to eat at the galley. That night after dinner, Bo ascended his sleep tree, passing by flickering fireflies and a glowing green snake, until he reached his branch. As he walked over to his treepee, he paused and looked up. Gavin's treepee was a few branches up, and Bo noticed that his treepee lantern wasn't lit. Psst, Gavin! There was no answer. Psst, Gavin! Are you up there? Psst, Gavin, are you up there? Mimicked some wisecrack from one of the nearby treepies. Bo climbed up to Gavin's branch and carefully walked out to his treepie. He peeked inside. It was empty. Gavin? Gavin? Bo looked around the tree. Lanterns were starting to turn off as kids tucked in for the night. All he could hear was the buzzing of insects and a few coughs. Bo looked out over the dark jungle that sparkled with the glow of frogs or fireflies, the jungle that was full of who knows what, and gulped, He's gone. Rocketeers, hope you enjoyed this episode of Camp Dino. I want to give some shout outs to some people who sent me some awesome drawings Laura, Chris, Jack, and Will from Riverton, Utah. So good. So, so good. I also got an amazing drawing from Sam of Willem Wingling. Sam, love it. Thank you so much. And Arian, your drawings of Space Train and Camp Dino were spot on. I love it. Rocketeers, your artwork's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing it with me. I'm also going to read a couple Apple reviews. And keep in mind, Rocketeers, I'm only going to read a couple of these. This one's from Lena629. It says, Amazing Adventures. This exciting and adventurous podcast keeps the kids and me on the edge of our seats every episode. Beautifully written and engaging. Our new favorite. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that feedback. And I'm glad that you are engaged. When I hear that both parents and kids can listen at the same time and enjoy it and get kind of lost in their imagination, that's that's money right there. Love it. This one's from Mia slash Carrie. It says Kid at Heart. I listen to this without my kids, although kid-friendly, great podcast that is relaxing and entertaining. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mia slash Carrie. And that goes to the last point. I'm so glad that uh, adults and older kids are able to enjoy the stories. Like I said in a previous episode, guys, I'm really writing these a lot of times for myself. I mean, they're obviously for my kids. I said that before, but if I'm not entertaining myself, then it's I get bored and it become feels like a waste of time. So the fact that there are other people out there that like to get lost in these stories, uh, that's, that's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing. I love it. Rocketeers, leave your reviews on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Shoot me an email, purplerocketpodcast at gmail.com. If you are looking for ways to support the show right now, you can go to patreon.com slash purplerocketpodcast. Again, that's patreon.com slash purplerocketpodcast, and you can become a patron and get some extra content on there. So check it out. And Rocketeers, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Roxanne Webb, for editing this episode. And don't forget, everyone, to check back next time. This is your host, Greg Webb.